Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. Story number one. Humanity Chooses Knowledge, written by Regento. I think that I finally found it, finally, finally teased it out from the jumbles of mess, the human philosophy, history, and religion. After years, actual spirit-haunted fracking years of research, hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews, and no less than 17 different research teams, it finally hit me. The defining feature of humanity. That which at most basic primal starch drives them as a race, or at least one such feature. That's right, I finally achieved that which two dozen races have failed to do even after all these years, the boiling down of the galaxy's newest race. It wasn't easy, it wasn't perfect, but it's uh, at the very least not wrong. At every twist and turn throughout our myriad years, every ancient conquest, every brutal revolution, humanity choose knowledge. It is their unquestionable lust for knowledge that has driven them from shelter of caves to the forests that their ancestors inhabited, to the cold, dark black alongside the rest of us. You only need to look at their dominant language to catch a glimpse at this. Many of my fellow researchers, and indeed probably many of you, have heard of the old German proverb, Curiosity killed the cat. At first glance, this proverb warning against the dangers of curiosity. And it is, but ask yourself for one moment, why in all the hells would any sapient species need a proverb warning them against being curious? This, that question right there, is the beginning. That starting point, the place that humanity diverges from the rest of us. Every single other species in the galaxy has no less than half a dozen proverbs extolling the virtues of being more curious. Several of my own species fairly nearly outright beg you to be curious. But with humans, it's the exact opposite. Instead of drilling curiosity into the spawn's head, they drill instead restraint, moderation and any other such synonyms, because for them, curiosity is dangerous. But we'll get back to that. For now, let us return to the old German proverb. While for many humans, curiosity may have been figuratively, and in a few tragic cases, quite literally killed the cat, for just as many, it is a single most rewarding experience that they have ever had. Throughout my countless interviews with humans of all ages and sizes, nearly everyone had both a time where their curiosity was a great achievement for them at a time where they deeply regretted. A dichotomy of illustrated perfectly in the English proverb based off the German one, Curiosity killed the cat. Satisfaction brought it back. That's why the cat has nine lives. Humans find the act of learning or doing something new to be pleasurable, and they especially love to be right. 
For many humans, being a person who knows things that not many do, or who has experienced things that not many have, is a point of pride. That's why you see so many humans racing to be first. It's in their blood. They love the feeling of knowing that they were the first of their kind, or else even the first amongst their peers to do something. And here, my friends, is where things get dangerous for them. They will strive and strive to be the first one amongst their ranks to complete some task or uncover some bit of obscure knowledge that they turned a blind eye, or, in some cases, willingly ignorant to the dangers. Take their nuclear development program, now galaxy-infamous Manhattan Project, as a wonderful example of this. No, no, I'm not referring to the urban legend that the humans working on the project thought that the bomb might ignite their atmosphere. That gave it its infamy. No, I'm instead referring to the legitimately insane speed at which humans completed this project. In just over 10 years, they had gone from knowing literally nothing about nuclear fission to blowing each other up with it. It's... It's maddening to think about. The previous record set by the ha was 48 years. They developed nuclear weaponry five times faster than the single most aggressive and warlike race the galaxy has ever seen. Dear reader, do you know how many races have had major nuclear disasters? Less than a human has fingers. And out of that depressing pantheon of races, humanity's disasters were by far the worst. And if their most popular religions are to believe, they have always been curious. Humanity's largest religious family, the Abrahamic religions, teach that humanity started in a bountiful garden. Picture, if you will, the idyllic forests of Vavrin Six, lush, bountiful, full of life and beauty. The humans were told that everything in this garden was theirs, and from the smallest of insects to the largest of trees, and that they could do with it whatever they wished. The only one rule was that they were to not eat the fruit on one specific tree, for their god had reserved that tree for himself. Seems an easy enough rule to follow, right? A paradise all to themselves, wherein they second only to their god. Except I have until this point neglected to mention the name of the one tree, the single tree that humanity was forbidden to partake from, was the tree of knowledge. Knowledge of what you ask. Knowledge of good and evil. I think that you can guess what happened next, but I'm going to say it anyways. They ate the damned fruit. They gave up paradise like no other. Immortality and the whole host of other things. All simple knowledge. Now to give them some credit. Their God's instructions basically boil down to don't do this because I said so. It's not as though they knew that they were going to be thrown out. And so, to this day, if you tell a human not to do something, you sure as well hell's better tell them why they shouldn't do it. Don't believe me? Well, I've done the experiments to prove it. I brought in hundreds of humans for a one-on-one interviews, told them not to do something mundane and innocuous, and left them in the room. The results were astounding. Over 70% of humans would, after a few minutes, do exactly what they were told not to do. Furthermore, roughly half of the humans that didn't were very clearly fighting the urge to do so. 
This ever-present lust for knowledge explains so much about them. Their fervor for exploration and discovery. They want to be the first ones to know, the first ones to experience that this galaxy has to offer. What does this taste like? How does this feel? Can I go there? Can I do this? Their uncannily swift technological progress, knowledge above all else, and a curiosity that surpasses their common sense. Thus, the fact that they're willing to trade actual resources for technology that they can't figure out on their own doesn't hurt. After all, how could a human put the price on knowledge? The reason that stage magic is so boring to the rest of us, we aren't constantly wondering how the magician is doing his tricks like they are. We aren't constantly amazed and curious about the fact that the human on stage has knowledge and skills that we can't even begin to comprehend. Their truly ridiculous martial prowess. They're constantly thinking of dozens of steps ahead, constantly wondering what would happen if we X, or could we survive the F the enemy did Y. Everything that humanity has done is doing this because, above all else, whenever they are presented with a choice, humanity chooses knowledge. And I'd be willing to bet my left grasping appendage that in the future they're going to choose knowledge too. End of story. Story number two. Humans are weird. I said I liked it. Greetings and salutations, friend Dodge. Voltage called out as six of his legs scampered over the main countertop of the cafeteria. Survey Corps Ranger Mac Dodge turned to look at him, and Kultich clutched his tablet to his abdomen tightly. He was no expert in human physiology. But friend Dodge did not look good. The skin under his twin eyes was sagging in a way that would indicate a terminal stage of rather horrific infection in one of Kultich's people. The broad span of friend Dodge's shoulders slumped several degrees down from the usual square that he had them in. This made climbing his back to perch on them rather awkward. Kultich did not know the proper protocol for asking humans to square their shoulders. Furthermore, Ren Dodge's mouth was twisted into an odd expression. Humans' creepily flexible mandible coverings were so hard to read. Was it a grimace? Ren Dodge! Pulched called out in shock. Are you capable of keeping your eyes open? Even a new, molted fellow like Pulched knew the humans needed to keep the fleshy coverings on their eyes closed for a good portion of the rest cycle. At the moment, Ren Dodge's were barely half open and twitching spasmodically. Hey, quick, Ren Dodge slurred out, his cavernous mouth opened in a great gasp to draw it air. Mostly, I guess. Gulched tried to make sense of this as he approached the human and kept pace with him. Are you ill, friend Dodge? Gulched asked as they reached a section of the cafeteria bar dedicated to the human's heated drinks. Ill? Ren Dodge replied. Nah, just up too late last night. Didn't get to bed till o'dark thirty. Gulch paused and tapped his hindmost leg thoughtfully against the countertop. I'm not familiar with that temporal designation, friend Dodge. He finally confessed. Ah! The noise friend Dodge made was indistinct and not followed by any clarification. So Gulch watched patiently as the human chose his drink elements and prepared them. Interesting. Quilch commented as friend Dodge began sipping out the cup of steaming water with a happy sigh. The symptoms of sleep deprivation are fading. 
Good old Yenavak tea, friend Dodge explained, holding the cup up. My favorite poison. I've heard that statement before, Gulch observed. However, forgive me, but I must doubt that what you're consuming is actually a poison. It's a vigorous speech, friend Dodge said with a chuckle. Just means that the item in question is my preferred stimulant. He paused and tilted his head to the side. But it is used for depressants too. I see, Gulch said, rapidly taking notes of his tablet. Oh, good heavens, how do you drink that swill? A third voice cut into the conversation as another human approached. Gulch glanced up in surprise as a second human brushed past on his way to the food counter, not stopping for an answer to his question. Ren Dodge only grunted at the other human and resumed drinking his tea. He does not share your opinion with the quality of this beverage, Gulch observed. Sure he does, Ren Max said with a grin. This stuff is swill. But you just said it was the best, Gulch protested in confusion. Nope, Ren Dodge said, shaking his head. I said I liked it, not that it was good. There is a difference. Gulch stared blankly at Brent Dodge, hoping that the human would at least try and explain that bit of nonsense. But Brent Dodge only finished his tea and left in a cheery wave. Gulch watched him go slowly, entered his observations into his tablet. Odd. Odd indeed. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.